Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm talking to Trisha Bracegirdle from Childrick Saddles. She is a top saddle fitter to great riders such as Jock Paget and Heather Bennett, and she's going to be giving tips and advice on how you can make sure your saddle fits the best for you and your horse. This is Horse Hour. Welcome back to Horse Hour. Earlier on in the week, I spoke to Trisha Bracegirdle from Childerick Saddles. She's got some brilliant riders that use the saddles, including Gemma Tattersall and Heather Bennett. Now, Heather's a paradressage rider, and we're lucky enough to be speaking to her in a few weeks' time, which I'm mega excited about because her journey is fascinating. Um, but when I called Trisha, she was actually in France at the time. So please bear with me because the signal isn't great. It kind of drops in and out. Um, but Trisha has some brilliant advice on saddle fitting. So as so many of her riders are in the long list for Rio, I started off by asking Trisha, what's it like working with riders in the build-up to a top-level competition? It's very stressful in the run-up. Because mm. like you say, with the horses losing weight, then the, when the horse loses weight, do they change shape as well? So does the saddle then not fit in the same when they get to a competition as when they left home? Mm. Or does the extra work that they're putting in, or does make it change or does the rider try too hard and move the saddle it's very stressful <laughs> i have visions of you with your coffee running round yeah. to each team player just before they you know like a couple of days before just tweaking their saddles before they go oh, on is that what you have I to know. do yeah you just sort of i make sure i've been to see them the month before and that we're just all sorted out and that we know we're going to get it okay on the day sort of thing but i have stood i went to bramham one year to watch my riders go round mm-hmm. and Three of my riders fell off at the jump that I was standing at. Oh, no. I ended up hiding in a tree because I just thought I was such bad luck. Oh, bless you. They didn't blame you. They didn't say. They didn't see you no. and think, oh, no, Trisha stood there and lose their, their, uh, no. their concentration. A good rider shouldn't know who stood there. So, you know, it's not like when I used to compete and I used to go around and go, hi, mum. <laughs> You know, I'll never forget. I went to badminton a few years ago, and I wish I, I wish I could remember who he was. I, I, I was so excited and taken up in the day that I didn't get his name. But a few of my friends were, we were all sat together, and we had front row, right at sea for the dressage. We were so excited. Oh, right. And it was this man's debut at badminton. 
And he came in just with the most beaming smile on his face. He was so excited. And I thought any minute now, I really thought he was going to wave at his family because you could <laughs> see that he was so excited. And he did the best test. And just to see him enjoy it that much, I think that's what I'd be like. I would be far too excited to be able to oh, pull yeah. myself together. But it goes to show how, you know, these are seasoned pros. They they know their job. The horses know their jobs. And they know what to do. Anyway, we're not here to talk about riders. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> So, Trisha, you know all about saddles. And for us, it's a, you know, we know that they're good for the horse. They help us. The comfier they are, the better. But it'd be really nice to know what we should be looking out for in terms of the saddle. Because if if horses start having behavioural issues, the first things we cut out are, is it a problem with the saddle? Is there a problem with the back? Is there a problem with the teeth? Is he in any pain? But it always seems to be the first thing we go to are saddles. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So um, let's say then we're looking at a, uh, we're looking at choosing a saddle, or maybe we're pretty sure our saddle's a bit old now and we need a new one. Um, What are the key points that we should bear in mind? Well, the thing when you're choosing a saddle, go to somebody for your saddle or for your shoeing or for your dentistry that you've heard about that you trust, that that somebody else trusts, that somebody you respect trusts them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so if your friend has said, oh, I've got a really good saddle fitting, you should try them. And that's a good point to start your starting point, isn't it? Somebody that's come to you from word of mouth. Um, you know, we... Brands like me can do lots of advertising, but it only works when you've got word of mouth as well. So I think that the first thing you need to do is when you to you decide you want to saddle, you get some word of mouth recommendations. And then you need to look at, you can do some research on the brand and the different types of saddle. Um, you need to look at what discipline you're going to do. Are you just going to hack? Are you just going to do dressage? Are you just going to show jump? Are you going to be really competitive? Um are you just wanting to improve yourself? You know, you have a checklist of what you need to sort out why you want a saddle and what you want to do with it and what you expect from it. Mm. You know, you can't buy a saddle and then get on the Olympic team just because you've got a new saddle. You know, it's got to be honest about it. <laughs> so, for example, you could have a 14, 15-year-old person who's been doing pony club doing a bit of everything and they've decided that they really like dressage and they've been having some flat work lessons and then their trainer is saying look you've got the ability to be taught but you haven't got the right equipment to be taught in so all the time I'm telling you that you need to sit differently but the saddle that you've got doesn't help you sit how I want to teach you Mm. so that's when when that's all or same with jumping you know you're jumping but your legs are swinging around everywhere that's normally because your saddle isn't correct for what you're trying to do so that's you know, your trainer will have then said, it's about time you looked into sorting out a saddle so you can actually be specifically trained in a certain discipline. And I think that's when you know that you need a new saddle. Or the other, I suppose the other time is when your back person has said, your saddle's killing your horse. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, or your saddle's falling apart and the flocking's coming out the back and the screws are falling out and, and whatever. So it's not so much that there's an there's a, an age limit on saddles. It's if they're in good working order and they fit the horse well and they're not falling apart, then they're fine. Yeah, I mean, a saddle, any saddle, any brand is good if it fits the rider and the horse. So it's always important, you know, if you know you've changed shape, so say you've eaten lots of pies or gone on a big diet, so you've changed shape dramatically, either bigger or smaller, do you still fit your saddle? You know, does it still help you sit still? Hmm. You know, is it making you sit out of balance? So we look at the rider and their size as much as the horse that they're using. 
Yes. So just so you had, I imagine, I always say to customers, imagine the saddle's been designed in two halves and we're going to fit it back together again. One half is for the horse and one half is the rider. And then you've got the right combination, haven't you? You've got a saddle that fits the rider and a saddle that fits the horse. So if your horse has changed shape or your rider's changed shape or you've changed the job that you're doing, then you need to change your saddle or refit it. You know, uh, general purpose saddles? Yes. They... (laughs) Uh, yes what does it mean because you know you need a show jumping one you need a you need a if you're going to go hacking you don't want to be using your you know very expensive dressage saddle so then there's general purpose is really is there a general purpose saddle i don't think so i think that a general purpose saddle would be for somebody who hasn't quite decided what they really want to do Mm -hmm. but it would be based on either a dressage saddle or a jump saddle it's a bit of something of nothing it's a bit you know you could have I've got ladies who have really nice dressage saddles and they go hacking in them because yeah, they're comfortable. One of those, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's painful. A, you know, we have ladies who go hacking in their dressage saddles and they wear an airbag and they have an airbag detachment. But it's it's not about, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. If your horse is comfortable and you're comfortable and you know you're not going to go across a field and gallop and jump a great big Mm-hmm. jump in the middle of the field when you're on your hack why would you want to jump you know why don't you just go in your dressage saddle yeah that's what i've done it's just the rain the rain when it's rainy and it's windy i'm like oh my gosh i'm ruining my beautiful saddle but it's so comfortable and and actually you're right a few people did laugh at me and say you know you can't be wearing that out hacking but I, for me i i sit deeply in it i sit deep in it yeah. and, and it's so comfortable i almost feel like it's holding me in so i feel a little bit safer yeah and and also if you've got a nice saddle and it gets wet if it's good quality it should last the rain it should survive it but if you've got an old gp that you had for five horses ago in your tack room and you decide well i'm going to use that to make it so i don't ruin my dressage saddle what are you ruining your horse or you Mm. what's the best thing to do the best thing is to have the horse comfortable and you comfortable so if if you're riding in a saddle on a hack that puts you out of balance you know the perfect balance is your shoulders your hips and your heels Mm. if you're whether you're jumping or doing dressage whether you're short or long but if your saddle you're using is putting you out of that balance then you're not in balance if the horse spooks so then you fall off or you lose control so it doesn't make sense to me to try and save something for best it makes sense to me to ride in what fits you and your horse it doesn't matter what it is <laughs> all the gear and no idea that's us trisha <laughs> <laughs> i love them and <laughs> um, just going back to your, your your earlier comment on um finding a new saddler and going by recommendation i think social media is brilliant these days with the facebook groups yeah. a lot of people are saying you know I've, i'm looking for a saddler can you recommend anybody and, and lots of people are commenting i do have an issue with that and that is that yeah. sometimes the people that are you know have been saddlers for years and are very well respected and very good might not be on social media so they might not be getting as many recommendations as maybe so i like the idea of you know looking at different saddles and going to those brands and isn't there a big list of people that are on i think there's a list of people that i think it's the master saddlers list in the uk yeah to be a master a master saddler is somebody who makes saddles and there's and then there's saddle fitters so there's two different you could make a saddle but never but not fit it well, obviously you would fit it, but you wouldn't, you might, somebody who makes the saddle may not necessarily go out and fit it. But mm-hmm. to, of the master saddlers in the UK and the master saddle fitters, to become a master saddle fitter, you have to sell a British saddle and you have to stock about five different brands, I think is the, so I can never be a master saddle fitter. 
because I sell French saddles. Oh, that's not fair. So I could be a saddle muster. <laughs> <laughs> and because all the French brands hmm. tend to sell in a different way. So we sell directly to the rider at home. We don't sell through shops. And it's a much more bespoke service that we offer. But if you were going at so the the saddle shops that you, the saddlers that you go to and they have their shops, they would stock several different brands and they would have a saddle fitter based in the shop that would go out and fit the saddles for them. And it's a completely different way of fitting and selling the saddles. So if you're doing your research into what you want from a saddle, you know some people say, well, I like the way that that person rides. I like the way that they like, they look so still and so elegant or whatever. Mm. What saddle are they using? Oh, they're using a Wintec or a Steuben or whatever it is. I'm going to find where I can get one of those saddles from. Or they might go the other way and look at who fitted it for them. It's about being um, us being more proactive with our education, I think, and, and knowing exactly what we want and what we're looking for before we've even started. Because, yes. again, you know, when I started, I didn't have a clue. And I just phoned a saddler and said, I need a saddle. Can you come and give yeah. me one? They said, what do you want to yeah. do? And I said, dressage. And they said, OK, we'll give you a dressage saddle. However, I if I now knowing three years down the line, it's only three years, Tricia, you know, that's yeah. not that long, really. If I knew then what I'd know now... I would have looked at much more brands. I would I would be more aware yeah. and more knowledgeable of what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I, but I think that it's always about whether you're selling something or whether you're buying something. You know, if some if a saddle fitter hasn't got onto social media, that's really up to them. They've got to sort that. Mm. You know, I would never have thought I would have used social media. I wouldn't think I could be sitting in a hotel room in France talking to you. <laughs> you amazing. It, it changed, you know, life changes and moves on, doesn't it? Yes. You know, but the people that recommend me through the social media don't work for me. They're just happy with my service. So then they recommend me. So every saddle fitter should have somebody who's happy with them that uses Twitter or Facebook, shouldn't they? Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're but right. They're not actually... You know, and, and when we, we say to people, you know, oh, please put it on Facebook or we, we will always say to people, you know, we can put it on Facebook as much as we like that we think we're brilliant, but it doesn't make any odds until someone else thinks we're brilliant. Mm-hmm. And whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. So what does make the Childeric saddles different? Because I've looked, they are absolutely stunning. They seem to me, yeah. so this is, um, I'm going to say, you have not paid to be on the podcast. I invited <laughs> you on as a saddle expert. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I haven't used Childeric before. I had a look at your website. And from a point of view of somebody who's never actually ridden in one before they look like they fit the horse so well really tight and snugly that i'd almost think the feel of the horse you'd be able to feel the horse better is that right yeah so you've got a closer connection to the horse but the so this this the, the difference with the shoulder is that we we're very very bespoke I, i've not seen a more bespoke brand other than some of the more exclusive brands but so on the whole you can order a saddle from us that will look and feel like it's been made especially for Amy. So if you've got long legs from your hip to your knee, mm-hmm. but you're short from your knee to your ankle, then your saddle will fit that shape of your leg. If the angle of your pelvis is, is a certain angle, the blocks will be on the angle for you. If your seat size is a 17.5.321, then <laughs> that's what your seat size will be. You know, And so it's, you could sit in my saddle and make you hate it because I'm not the same shape as you. 
Every single saddle is made for an individual. So if I came to see you and fitted you with a saddle, Mm -hmm. that saddle doesn't exist until I contact Luke and say, I need a saddle for Amy. And this is Amy's size and this is what we need. And then this is what her horse is and this is what her horse's size is. So then it's, it's, it's made specifically for you and your horse. So then as the, as the horse then changes, yeah. you can then adapt that one saddle over the next few years? Yeah, so the panels underneath, we can reshape for your horse as he changes and develops. Mm-hmm. And then, or if you change your horse, or you might say, oh, I've gone and got another horse. <laughs> so we'll fit it to the widest horse that you have. And then we'll show you what pad to use so that you can use it on a narrow horse, all things being equal. So someone like, imagine a rider, someone like Caroline Powell or Jock Paget, mm-hmm. Gemma, they've got 20 horses. They don't have 20 saddles for dressage and 20 jump saddles. They have two or three. And then we go along with the grooms and with them and work out which saddle they use on each horse and what they use with it to make it comfortable and to work. Oh, so it's, you know, it, whereas if it was a flock saddle, so the main difference is that flock saddles uh, are not as easy to share around different horses because they change shape. And that was them because they've got the French had foam in panels and the panel doesn't change shape. It's the horse that changes shape. Oh, I that see. Sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. So uh, could it deal with my ridiculously annoying hips then? So my instructor will no longer be screaming at me to put my legs down. <laughs> yeah. So if you said to me, Tricia, I've got extremely annoying hips. <laughs> And mine says, da, 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 da. I'd say, right, Amy, I will come and see you, but only if your instructor's there. Because I want to know what your instructor wants you to do and what you're not doing. Yeah, but we, we you know, they're yeah. not going to make me suddenly an Olympic rider, like you said. <laughs> they can make you comfortable and more effective and that you're spending your lesson being taught how to ride and improve your riding and improve your horse rather than sitting in a saddle that's not correct for you, if that's the case. So then when we're looking at our current saddle and um, we think we might think, oh, something doesn't feel right, but we're, we're not really sure, are there any checks that we can do ourselves before we get the saddler in? Yeah, so every day you put the saddle on and every day you ride in it. And then if you suddenly, extreme example, you suddenly realise that you're leaning back and your head's touching the back of the horse because you're leaning back much you know what has changed what's changed in the saddle or the horse or you changed to make you feel different than what you used to feel a month ago or whatever that's interesting because i was suffering with really bad backache like awful awful lower backache that i didn't get before and it was only when the saddle was checked that we realized actually it was too low and he'd changed a little bit of shape so we needed to prop it up about uh, a few centimeters and now i've got no backache how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So if you're trying to be in that perfect position, but your saddle's putting you in the different position, you're having to use your core strength to realign you all the time, to make you sit how you want to sit. Mm. So extreme example, people use the Pilates ball to get their core strength, don't they? Yeah, or Pilates. Yeah, you use the Pilates ball. It's a bit like that. So if the saddle's not sitting in balance, you're like you're sitting on a bit of a rolling ball and you're having to work all the time to stop yourself moving. Whereas if you're sitting still and in balance, you don't have to use it for that. Yeah, makes perfect sense. All a horse wants you to do is sit still, give him clear instructions, and let him get back in the field and eat as quickly as possible. He wants you to for one hour out of 24 to do some work, mm-hmm. and he wants to do the work and get it over and done with, and he knows that if he does it as well as possible, he will be rewarded with going back in the field and having a nice tea. <laughs> if the rider's sitting on top of him and every time they ask for canter, their legs are in a different place, or they, you know, they're not sure what the horse says, is it right canter or left canter you want? Do you want me to jump the jump here or do you want me to take off here? Because the rider's moving around like a, like a weeble wobble on the top, then you're less, the, the work the horse has to do more is it's got to do more work because you're not getting it right. Mm. Because it's the horse the best chance. Absolutely. You don't even think about that. If you're moving around more, then the horse is going to be more confused with the aids that you're asking of them. So if you imagine you've got, I've seen this done, so if you have a child and you're carrying a child, say a four or five-year-old child, and you put them on your shoulders and they just sit, just, and then you try and run across an arena and jump the pole, or run across and run anywhere or do anything. All you've got to do is work, think. First of all, your body has to think, what's what's happening to the child that I'm carrying? Mm-hmm. If you ask the child to then hold on tight, hold on, sit still, and use their strength to hold on to you, you don't have to worry about them so much, do you? No. You can go do your job. You can go and do what you've got to do. Yeah. So that's the same for the horse. Oh. If we're moving around a lot on a horse, then it could be down to our riding, but if we're, if we're standing quite a okay rider is obviously the saddle yeah um what about yeah. when we're actually putting the saddle on are there any sections that we could be looking for yeah so when you put the saddle on you want to have a look in the middle of the seat and see is it level so while the horse is stood on level ground is the seat level or are you sitting on a slope you know either way backwards or down at the front or down at the back you look at that and then you would put you have a look at where the girth straps come out mm-hmm. and do the, does the girth point to the back of the pecs, you know, the pecs underneath the horse. Oh, the horse's chest? So underneath, behind its elbow, it will have a, a line where, obviously, where the girth wants to go. Yes. So is the girth pointing in the same direction as that? 
or is the girth pointing to the shoulder or because if the girth's pointing in the wrong place the saddle isn't fitting correctly the balance is wrong and then the third thing to do is to put your hand underneath the saddle and just check that the panels have contact even contact all the way along before you do it up okay so there must be a hole between the panel and the horse oh so you lift so up the side the... you lift up the leg panel put your hand underneath which is underneath mm-hmm. put your other hand on the top just to hold it steady and then just feel along and just check have i have i got equal pressure have i the most normal most common thing is that you get you're holding the saddle and you get to the middle and there's a big gap you've got a hole so that the, pan, the saddle isn't actually sitting in the it's only sitting on the front and the back and there's no there's nothing touching in the middle oh. and that's called bridging so if the saddle's bridging then your horse isn't having equal pressure so that's a really important thing so where's the girth pointing is the balance good and have i got equal pressure along the panels if it is bridging then is it time to get a new saddle or can padding help with that normally if it's a flop saddle i would say you need to get your saddle fitter out and see why the horse has changed because the, the saddle and all the horse has changed shape so you need to reshape the panels on the saddle if it's one of our like a foam saddle foam panels then it would be that the horse has changed shape and then we need to have a look and we can when, whether we reshape the panels or you know it depends whether you've got one horse or five horses whether we would reshape it for you it's up to you but you need to make sure that you have no gap in the middle because if you have a gap in the middle and the bits that are touching at the front and the back will try one of them will try and move into that gap so if your horse has got a big barrel the back will go into the hole and then you'll go up the neck so if your is your saddle moving forward is that why you need to get it refitted mm. does your saddle go up the horse's neck why is it going up the horse's neck has the horse put weight on is the saddle bridging yeah yeah or if it's a, a sleek a really thin racehorse type thoroughbred type if the saddle going back is it going back because the horse has lost loads of weight or is it going back because there's a hole in the middle and the front of the saddle is trying to get in that hole so, so you know you know you get um you can get some straps that go around the front of the horse that i see some show jumpers wear that holds the saddle in, yeah. Yeah, in place a breastplate and stops it moving yeah. Is yeah. is that because the saddle isn't necessarily fitting properly or is that an extra thing that is actually helpful? With show jumpers and everybody has a reason for using a breastplate, okay? Mm-hmm. So a show jumper, they tend to like to sit at the front of the horse and they just maybe want to just make sure the saddle stays where they want it to. The sa- if they've got a good saddler, they will also know that they've got good contact all the way through. Mm-hmm. If it's an event horse and you're going cross country, you would, for safety reasons, have a breastplate on. Because if you're going up a hill, you're always going to be fighting gravity. Mm. You know, how, however well your saddle fits, you do risk, you know, it depends how what level of cross-country you're doing. But for, from a safety point of view, if you fall off your horse and you haven't got a breastplate on and your saddle spins, will you cause more damage to your horse because it's scared it's got a saddle hanging under its tummy? Mm. So, or if you fall off and it's got a breastplate on, it will just stay at least on the top of the horse, which makes it a lot safer. Oh, well, that's good, because we don't want all our horse hour listeners to be going to badminton and saying, they're wearing a breastplate, so their saddle fitter is not good. <laughs> no, I would, ne- I would not recommend to anybody that they go cross-country or anything without a breastplate. What about hacking? Hacking, depends what sort of hacking you do. I mean, I used to, it's a good piece of safety equipment, mm. but it's, it's also one of the reasons that we find that people have 
if they fit them in correctly. Have you ever seen the people go, some people will go out with a breast face on and it will look like a baggy, floppy baggy? Yes. So why have they got it on? A breast plate needs to fit. So when you put it on, it, it has to be doing a job. If it's too loose, your saddle goes back. How far is it going to go back? It's going to go back until the breastplate's tight. Yeah. So you don't want to be sitting on the whole spotter before your breastplate works. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because I've never, I guess, from always riding in a dressage saddle, I've never even considered getting a breastplate. Uh, to be honest, I didn't actually know what they did. We need this is the thing we need people to tell us because we don't know. I mean, a lot of people that do know, um, I don't know. So I need to be told. I mean, I ask everybody for advice because I can't. I struggle to make a decision myself with anything because I, I want to get yeah. as much as much advice as possible. Well, actually, that's a lie because I also don't listen to a lot of advice. <laughs> you only know what you know when you know it. Yes, absolutely. Because again, the the breastplates, I thought they look very pretty, but I also thought they were a bit of a gadget. And that's just showing that I'm uneducated in that because I didn't realise they were a safety element. And actually, I'm thinking, oh, well, I probably quite do with that. But if your horse has got a big, to say your horse is a big dressage horse, like some of the ones I'm working with now, mm-hmm. the worst thing, the biggest problem we have with saddle fitting these big moving horses is that the saddles go forward. Okay. So you would not put a breastplate on a horse that the saddle goes forward, just because it will pull it forward even more. Ah, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just, you've got to look at what job are you doing and what, what are you trying to prevent from happening. Mm. So say you have a dressage horse, but you know it's really spooky, you decide to take it for a hack, then maybe put a breastplate on, but you wouldn't put it on so tight that it pulled the saddle forward. But if you had a racehorse and you were going to go for a hack, you put it on nice and tight, make sure you were going to see where you started and that you weren't going to be spooked and spun. So, yeah, just always, whatever you do with horses, make sure you've got the right tools for the job and the right attitude for the job. Go out there safely. Gosh, I'm really interested as well in, you said that children saddles have foam and other saddles have flocking. Okay, the three things I keep hearing are, I'm going to go bitless, I'm going to go shoeless, and I'm going to go for a treeless saddle. What yeah, is okay. a treeless saddle? A treeless saddle is a saddle with no, what we would call a traditional sprung tree. So not like wooden, with a wood and metal tree. Mm-hmm. And there, they do carbon fibre ones now, but that's modern. But the So a treeless saddle is, if you go back to real basics, when I was little, we would use a felt pad that had some stirrups hanging off it. So that would be the first treeless type of treeless saddle that you could have. So it had, there was nothing. You did, maybe there was a little handle on it, mm. but you literally had a felt pad with some stirrups. And, you know, horses, when they move around the field, they don't have anything on their back, do they? No. So a treeless saddle is, is lovely. It's uh, really nice for a horse because there's nothing in it to make the horse not be able to do anything. But it also allows the rider to not be able to sit still. Mm. So treeless saddles are great. There's nothing wrong with a treeless saddle. But if you're not sitting still or if you can't feel what your horse is doing, is it because you're being, you've not got a tree in your saddle? Um, is it a bit like um, a bareback riding then, but with a blanket and stirrups? Yeah, but they're quite thick sometimes, so it, um, it's good if you've got a horse with a really sore back, a treeless saddle can solve it, and then, you know, we know people that use a treeless saddle for they go hacking or, or whatever, but they use a normal saddle when they compete. It just depends. If there's, a, there's enough people and different ideas to go around to make anything, you know, there's a place mm. for everything. Um, and what about the removable gullets? 
you mean the removable gullets on these saddles where you can change the width and the angle of the head of the saddle? Yes. My only worry ever is that the people who are doing the changing of the gullets don't really know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. and get it wrong well perfect example is um again when we go back to the hacking i was thinking oh maybe i shouldn't be hacking in the dressage saddle so i went online and bought a, a changeable gullet cheap saddle yeah probably totally the wrong thing to do because now that i've got it i'm not using it it's up in the loft along with the western saddle that i still don't use as well um because i don't know how to fit it so i'm too scared to now use it because i need to i can't use it until i get someone out to fit it properly and no doubt it will probably sit up in the loft for ages i guess it's okay to have a removable one as or or an interchangeable one as long as it's fitted properly yeah so if you've got two horses and your saddle fitter comes along and says that the cheapest option for you is to have a saddle with a changeable gullet and you use this gullet for that horse and that gullet for that horse, if, any, if, they fit, if you start to feel out of balance or all those other things we said about checking, if that happens on either horse, let me know and I'll come back out. But get some advice before you do it. You know, I just, it's, it, that's my biggest fear is that people are self-analyzing and self-testing and not always getting it right. But that's why there's professionals like you that go and do that every day because it's so important. And I think sometimes we don't actually realise how it, or we realise we don't acknowledge how important it is to have a correctly fitting saddle. It helps with the movement of the horse, with the flow in the horse, the horse's health, muscles. If they've got any aches and pains, the saddle can be detrimental to the horse. Yeah, so you just, you know, you might be thinking that you're doing the nicest, kindest thing, but you could be doing a not good thing. Just think before you do things and get advice from the right people, not from somebody that has, doesn't know what they're talking about. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't be the person to ask because I don't do, have, I've never ever worked with a saddle with a changeable gullet. Uh. I have worked with, with our saddles, so we change the shape of the foam. Mm-hmm. We use a very wide, we use the widest tree we can for a horse. We always want the nice soft foam to be in contact with the horse. We don't want any of the hard bits of the saddle to be in contact with the horse. How did your designers, the the people that the first the first initial people that made Childrick, how did they come up with their ideas on making the saddles different? Well, Luke trained with a French saddler called Marcel, and I think several of the other French brand people did. And then Luke went off. And he obviously had his own ideas after he'd learned so much from Marcel and he started making his own saddles. So he set up his own little workshop and started making his own saddles. Um, and then he has this special tree, the Luke Shieldrick tree, which is the biggest selling tree that we use for the, all the difference across the show jumping, cross country and dressage saddles. He's got his own type of tree, which no one else uses. Mm. So that's the best selling one we have. It's, lovely. it's just a different shape. Um, the one we like is that looks after the horse. In our in our toolbox saddles, we probably have about five or six different brands because we have all lots of different trees and seats that we can use. So um, we can make sure that you get the right one. Mm. But it, like I say, it's, they are bespoke, so you're paying a premium for that. But we have people using them all over the country for all different sorts of things. Um, people just that, that want somebody to fit their saddle properly and look after them properly and look after their horse properly. Trisha, how can we find you? <laughs> Go on the website 
and then fill in the contact form. Okay, <laughs> what, what's your website address? It's shieldricksaddles.co.uk. And are you on Twitter? Yes, we are. <laughs> it's shieldricksaddles. It's at shieldricksaddles. Shieldricksaddles, yeah. Whenever you're trying a saddle, you should always try more than one. Don't buy the first one because you've got a really good salesperson come along who's, you know, made you the offer you could possibly have. Try a few, you know, from my point of view, we don't charge to come out and, and let people try them. We'll drive wherever they are, spend a couple of hours with them, make sure they've tried everything and just leave them with some information. Just happy that people want to try them. Um, you know, just try different things. And even if you don't buy one of our saddles, at least you might want to dream about having one, you know. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, uh... <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Trisha. Good luck. Um, I hope that this weekend goes really, really well. I know, it's across the heather. And it's also Nationals this weekend. So we've got loads of customers at, customers at the Nationals as well. So it's a big weekend for all our dressage riders. Will you keep us updated on, on if you'll be going to Rio? I will. If you are, you know I'll be Skyping you there. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> you take care, Trisha. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Now, I don't want you to miss a bonus episode that came out earlier on in the week. It's with Justin Nelson, who is just an absolute hero. This guy saved 15 horses from drowning in Houston, Texas. He couldn't see them be washed away, so he just jumped in and swam them all to safety. The guy is a total, total inspiration. You can see the video footage if you head to our website, www.horsehour.org. You can also see what Justin looks like because he is a good looking chap. And uh, listen to the full interview with Justin on, on how it happened. Now, on top of that, Justin actually won the Mongol Derby, which was fascinating. So he also tells us all about endurance racing, what it's like, but what they go through and the horses, how they pick the horses as well. I hope you enjoy that. I hope you have a really good week and I will speak to you on Monday. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.